0: Joking too Sipping and roasting Is what we do Light them up Drink them down Whiskey and cigars All around Cheers y'all
1: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to this fine radio program. This is Smoking and Toast and it's craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Welcome to the show and welcome to not just any show, but show number 125, Ian. So, um... We're, 125. Uh, yeah, we're a quarter of the way to show 200. <laughs> For, well, not a quarter of the way from zero, but you know what I mean. We're halfway there. A quarter of the way between 100 and 200. So we're, that's,
2: just, we're just going to say we're halfway there, right. no matter how close No matter we are. how close we actually are? <laughs> I believe it.
1: My name is Cruz, my uh, erstwhile companion and friend, uh, Ian Barry, my co-host. Uh, Adam Andrus is on the wheels of steel making all the uh, production stuff happen. And we are brought to you by b b Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. And in the shops at Clear Fork uh, in Fort Worth on today's show, the best craft beers. If you're watching your waistline, I could stand to, to lose a few lbs. So um, this this got me excited last week because we've been talking uh, about obviously the Bud Light, uh, you know, labels uh, with all their beer ingredients. Yeah, and, a- and how uh, wait wait,
2: what are the ingredients of beer again?
1: Okay, let me stop and think. Wait, is it corn syrup? Uh, Apparently, at some places it is, (laughs) and we'll get to that. But, uh, uh, no, I I tell you, uh, when we did last week's show, we had a new IPA from Lagunitas called the Daytime IPA. Yes. And it has fewer calories than Bud Light. And it there's no comparison. Yeah, it was like
2: 98 calories, yes, and it was outstanding flavor. No
1: comparison to how much better it yeah. is than Bud Light or any of the you know um, big mass beer uh, light beers. Yeah. So um, so I think this is a great uh, a great idea for today. We'll will include that beer and then tell you about some other great craft beers if you're trying to you know be calorie conscious or trying to you know watch your waistline. It is going to be after all swimsuit season before long.
2: You know, I'm doing a, a ride coming up here in April called the MS150, which is a oh, I know multiple about the sclerosis ride, yeah, it's right. like a, a ride. It's like
1: a fundraiser ride, and you get people hundred, to
2: sponsor you. It's 180 miles on a bicycle. You Holy ride over two moly days. Moly, right? dude, I know that's it's called the MS150, but um, but uh, I, I have this old steel frame road bike, mm-hmm. which is the kind of bike where most people have no idea what it is. But right. you know, the bike shop guys always think it's super cool. But I had one guy come in and go, well don't you think that old steel frame's a little heavy? And I looked down at my waist and I went, I'm not really worried about a couple extra ounces on my bicycle. (laughs)
1: That's right. (laughs) See, I totally get it. I got to take it off the top before I take it off the top. And, you know, I'd like to say, it's one of the reasons I was so excited about that uh, Lagunitas Daytime IPA. It's like I've been needing a good go-to option where I didn't feel like I was depriving myself of flavor to go with a lighter beer. Well, they hit the nail on the head on that one. I'm just interestingly super enough, about that. that's the graphic on the can. It's a nail that's been hit on the head. <laughs> so, so that's it's the bad nail, yeah. yeah. So that's it's a wonderful thing. I, I tell you what, I've always loved Lagunitas. Their IPA, their regular Lagunitas IPA, it's a great go-to for me. The little something-something and the brown sugar, those things are fantastic. I mean, they make great beer. So it doesn't surprise me that it would be a brewery like those guys who came out with really one of the first exceptional lighter-calorie yeah, beers. Yeah, they're, well, they're... Everything from their brewery is so high. By the way, we want to uh, say a, a quick uh, thanks to our special guest last week, Dayton Voss, uh, Dayton the Bourbon Evangelist from Garrison Brothers Whiskey. You talk about some good whiskey! The Bourbon
2: Evangelist. Yeah, that's I what love he does. that. Yeah, it's that's, amazing. It's a great
1: title, and he uh, he fits it and and does a great job with it. So uh, so he's he's uh, he's awesome, and we look to have him back on. And he had a great time.
2: Yeah, he had a blast. He, yeah, uh, he was so fun. That's and one that of whiskey. I'll say for the show, outstanding.
1: Uh, is that uh, when people do this show, they seem to really have a good time, even guys like uh, you know Alan Denny and Chris Hart, who, who nobody cares about, yeah, uh, <laughs> even those guys have a good time on this show, and they got all kinds of stuff going on. Speaking of those guys, by the way. If you're in the Houston area, Houston Whiskey Social is coming up. We will have them on in a couple of weeks this to talk about it. This is the event. If you're in the Houston area, whiskey. absolutely. Oh, and, and it's one of those, if you're into whiskey and you aren't from the Houston area, drive it's here. a really good excuse to come here. Yeah, yeah drive it here. really is. And there's a lot of cool stuff to do uh, while you're here. So uh, Houston is where the show is based. And uh, who knows? You could come in and hang out with us and do a show. We have people on all the time. My friend Dave, you know, he just came and hung out. and drank with us. Oh, yeah, fun. yeah. <laughs> my friend Roberto, he just <laughs> was hanging That's out watching right. the
2: show when we put him on.
1: Uh, also on today's show, we'll be uh, uh, talking a little bit about some of the things that are going on in the legal world with uh, with cigars and with craft beer. Uh, and Vine Pair, we never have got... I've had this like on my list of things for several weeks and we haven't got to it. Vine Pair named 2018's 50 best beers. And we've never gotten to that list. So that'd be fun to just kind of run down and see yeah. how many, if any, of these that you and I have tried, because I find those lists often have beers that are just impossible to get unless you live in a particular part of the country, but uh, but we'll get to that. Um, on today's show, also from the tasting department, Odell Brewing Company uh, has a new experimental IPA called Wolf Picker, and we'll be trying that today. And I'm just going to let a little cat out of the bag, I've already tried it, and it maybe one of the best things i've tasted. Oh wow. In a very. You know, long Odell time. makes their 90 shilling,
2: which is a scotch oh, ale, and it's outstanding. They're
1: just yeah. such a great brewery. I mean, they mm-hmm. really are. I've I've tried all kinds of things from those guys, never been disappointed. Ever. Ever been disappointed. Uh, speaking of breweries that have never disappointed, Lone Pint. So, we mm-hmm. had a big uh, Super Bowl party at my house. Actually, it wasn't a big party, it was just family. Uh, but you know, we had uh, family over, and Adam came in, walking in the door with a big smile on his face. I'm like, okay, I know he didn't root for the same team I root for. What's up here, right? And the big smile on his face was because he carried in a four-pack of something I had not seen before but became very excited about instantly, Lone Pint Brewing. The people who do Yellow Rose mm-hmm. IPA, which has been my favorite IPA for at least two, three years have released Gentleman's Relish. It's an English brown ale. Ooh. And uh, so I, I saved the last of the four bottles <laughs> that Adam brought in, put it in the refrigerator and brought it in today. So You are a dear, dear man. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I, I like you. You're a friend of mine. And then, as if that weren't enough, from Akron, Ohio, and the and Frog Brewery, we bring you Boris the Crusher. Boris the Crusher. It's an oatmeal imperial stout. And there's nothing funnier, by the way, than an elegant-looking bomber... With a name on it that says Boris the Crusher and a picture of a ridiculous looking frog. That's awesome. <laughs> so we'll get to that. We'll show you the bottle, and it'll all be uh, a lot of fun. Um, it's uh, it's been a pretty good week, and I you mentioned before the show that you had stopped in at your uh, at your sort of pre show haunt, which is uh, over with our friends at Casa de Monte Cristo.
2: Yeah, it's so, it's so handy. It's right around a corner here. So so did so you it's uh, on the way, and then I can leave there at. 12:45 uh, and get here in, in time, time for, the show, yeah. for the show. No problem. Right, in like,
1: time to start at one ish. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah ish,
1: exactly. Ish.
2: <laughs> Our soft one. So
1: while you were there, did you smoke anything interesting? I
2: did. I um, went went through the as I usually do, and I ended up picking up because the label was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Mr. Adams should have a picture of this uh, coming up at some point in time here. Um, it's a it's a uh, asylum cigars oh, I love straight jacket have oh the straight one jacket
1: these? yeah uh i don't think i've had one i'm familiar with it from seeing it in the stores so, so I uh, this is one. a
2: christian Arroyo and tom lazuka uh uh blend uh it's a nicaraguan puro um and it's uh, the one that i picked up was a robusto 5x50 don't let the size fool you that thing smoked for an hour and 20 minutes Wow, nice yeah like like no problems uh the appearance Dark chocolate, coffee bean maybe looking, uh, smooth, oily, very firm with a killer band on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see, the uh, pre-light sniff on this, earth leather mocha coffee. This is right up my alley. I love cigars like this already. Yes. The pre-light draw, I used a punch, which is always my first go-to, was effortless. Absolutely effortless, wonderful draw. Uh, the, the the flavors I was getting from the pre-light draw were oak, lots of big oak, coffee, and mocha. Nice. Uh, the initial light, very lightly spicy. This one, you know, a lot of cigars start off big spicy. Kind of with a big bang, yeah. Right. This actually started off on the more mellow side. It was lightly spicy with a little walnut shell. Kind of nutty astringency to it, mocha leather, big full smoke right off the bat. Um, a little bit of tanginess that it left on the lips. Very full flavor. Made great smoke rings. You know, I love to do that. Yes, right? you Just do. Leave me alone for a while. I've never learned myself. how to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I've, great at it, but I've I tried. I, it, but it doesn't it stop doesn't, me. Yeah. All I do is exhale up cloud of smoke that's it
2: so by the time the first third you know by the time the initial light was over and i'm talking about you know half inch to three quarters Mm -hmm. of an inch into the cigar this is where i start the first third uh lots of pepper yeah big pepper right up front but not obnoxious like burn you kind of pepper Mm -hmm. just big pepper flavor uh more of that walnut shell nuttiness to it was nice mocha sweet creaminess kind of came into it with some coffee and leather perfect burn Nice. like this thing was amazing the second third of this the first thing that happened was the ash fell on me this seems to
1: be a trend with it you. happens yeah <laughs> well you know i try to see how
2: long the ash can go and that's
1: what that's what it'll get you yeah it,
2: it does you know because i like the ash to be as long as possible uh so the ash fell on me um and there's no more drama about the ash this time because i i go oh, one i have now learned if the ash gets so long and it falls the first time it's going to do that every time it's going to happen yes so uh so once the first one falls on me i'm pretty good. So. um the, the flavors coming in on the second, third, first off, it, it turned into huge flavor and huge smoke. Uh, it's just, this is a full, full flavored cigar. This is not, I want to step in lightly. You know, this was made to be a huge, strong cigar. Um, leather, bittersweet mocha flavors, just all over the place. The creamy Wonderful. flavor kind of moves to the front, um, leaves a uh, sweet, tangy flavor on the lips. Perfect burn.
1: Nice.
2: The third third of this cigar, I got distracted. Uh, I had uh, a friend of mine showed up. I, was, I had um, put a uh, pickup in a guitar for him. He was picking it up from me because he's going to be around the area. So he came in, we started talking, and the cigar went out. I relit it and no penalty whatsoever nice i love when that happens. no penalty at all uh but uh what was interesting about that third third is some some crazy interesting things started happening like the the leather came up more in front and some dark fruit flavors kind of started showing up in the uh in it the oak and sweet creaminess and bitter mocha were just kind of playing around uh sometimes showing up more sometimes less uh it's still blue great smoke rings very very full flavor perfect burn Nice. The fourth third of the cigar. I know you're thinking, what? Well, usually, you know, by the end of the...
1: Normally, there are three-thirds.
2: So normally, yes. there are three-thirds. But my math, you know, I grew up in the country. So. <laughs> liberty. I grew up in Liberty. <laughs> um, so, uh, but my math's a little different. This is new math. Um, so what happened is I just <laughs> didn't want to put the cigar out. So I just reviewed the very tail end of the cigar, and there's a picture of it, uh, like a tiny... Tiny bit of cigar. It's like slightly bigger than my thumb. It was burning my hand almost. Tangy, sweet, bitter, mocha with light pepper and oaky dryness. Perfect burn. Yeah,
1: finger burner. Yeah,
2: yeah, perfect burn. Um, I paid nine dollars and fifty-five cents <laughs> for this cigar. I give it a solid seven. Wow. Yeah. That's no a, doubt. That's a huge no number am, for
1: above an eight uh, for an above eight dollar cigar. If
2: I paid twelve to thirteen dollars for this cigar, I'd still would be perfectly happy. And I wow. would have gotten a great review. So this cigar again was the. This asylum? was the. Asylum Straightjacket. It the came straight out jacket. apparently, I think, in 2013. Yeah, it's been out for a um, while. Yeah, it's been out for a while. I just hadn't tried it. I hadn't made it to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you know, and there's so many cigars out there. But man, I was super happy with this. I, I love that moment. More yeah,
1: where you go, oh, I have a new, like a new regular to add to. The yeah, that's that's you know? gonna be a go-to. Yeah. Like,
2: and that's a little. That's a super premium. So it's not you know like you can smoke it all the time. But I'm gonna. There's definitely gonna be a few of those in my humidor mm-hmm. from yeah, now on. I like
1: it. I like it. Uh, well, I had, I had um, a super premium this week, um, as uh, as some people know, and and it's okay if you want to dish out a little uh, hate here. I understand where it comes from, but I uh, root for the New England Patriots. I have since I lived in Boston back in the uh, early days of like the first games that Tom Brady played as a New England Patriot. So I've just stayed a fan. I didn't ju- I jumped on the bandwagon, but I jumped on like right before they got to be uh, successful. So now I'm I'm too good of a fan to jump off just because people are, like, deciding that they're, <laughs> that they're done with it. So uh, being a Patriots fan, my team was in the Super Bowl. So on Super Bowl Sunday afternoon, uh, I got tired of watching all the pregame stuff, you know, and, and uh, my wife was busy making snacks and stuff because everybody was coming over. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to... Uh, I'm gonna smoke something special, so I went into my humidor and I pulled out uh, one that had been given to me for my birthday, uh, kind of a special occasion cigar. I thought, perfect, this is a special occasion, and I pulled out the Padron 1964 Anniversary Corona uh, that I had gotten for my birthday, and it, um, you know, it qualified for me as a special occasion cigar. So uh, I, it was beautiful. Uh, it's been resting in the humidor since September, uh, and I. Uh, was there a few hours before the game started and just, you know, getting ready to really savor and experience the cigar, you
2: know? I, I have to tell you, the the um, the uh, padrones that I keep in my humidor are kind of like that. I just sit there and, like, stare you, at them You kind of look at them like, when you open the humidor uh, up and go, oh, and I I'm, them, but I'm, I'm so glad you're yeah. here. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> uh, so I pulled this baby out. I uh, used my little uh, clippers, my little uh, scissors. Uh, The pre-light, by the way, was nutty and very pleasant. Not overwhelming in any way, but just a little bit of nuttiness to it. Um, I uh, clipped it up. It lit up effortlessly. To be honest, there was not a lot of flavor in the first quarter to half inch. Huh. Uh, I mean, it wasn't unpleasant in any way. I just, you know, I was trying to to get something out of it because here I am. I've psyched myself up, you know, for well, this for this experience. But you right? also
2: expect most cigars to start off with with this, a bit of a peppery, yeah, yeah, big, harsh,
1: you know, like not really harsh, but big, right when you first fire it up. This one know? did not do that. It uh, it was, if anything, just mellow and kind of pleasant on the first quarter to half inch, but then about a half inch in, here it came wonderfully complex flavors of coffee beans um and when i say coffee beans it wasn't like roasted coffee it was like the beans themselves you know you ever smell, you smell the, fresh beans. the fresh beans right right that, i was getting that kind of cuz there's a distinctive, distinctive yes, smell difference yes, between absolutely. that and the roasted ones uh it was very nutty had an awesome earthiness to it and it was very toasty very full But not, I almost hesitate to describe it as full because it wasn't in any way overpowering. I think of it as full because it was almost more full-flavored, I guess, is than full-body. Is body. it big flavor, medium body, maybe? Big flavor, medium body might be a good way to, yeah, yeah. to describe it. Yeah, that's that's how it struck me. Right. And I know other people would review this and maybe tell you something different, but that was my experience on this afternoon on my balcony uh, with the cigar and uh, a little bit of Garrison Brothers. So um, it's I mean, an expensive Garrison cigar, Brothers. and it smoked like one. The construction was Flawless. I mean, not a single issue with the construction. It's not actually as expensive, because I had to look it up because I w- was trying to figure out how to do price to quality. Right, right. It's not as expensive. I think I was thinking of it as more in the like $17, $18 range. It's about a $12 to $13 cigar, this particular size, at least. Mm-hmm. You could probably uh, pay more from one of the larger ones. But uh, I'd say it was worth every dollar. Solid solid five is what I'm going to give it. Um I, I would not have been disappointed with the flavor and construction at a higher price, but I would have wanted a little more cigar. It didn't. Uh, unlike the uh, the asylum that you were mentioning, this one actually smoked fairly quickly. But boy, I think padrones don't. They're boy, not known for good, like local. smoking really long no, anyway. No, they're not. But they're not. Quality and all it is Quality I, I will there. tell you, I've I used to be a huge fan of padrone, but of course. For budget reasons, I don't smoke the anniversaries all the time, right? Yeah, and I've been less than thrilled with the less expensive padrones that I've smoked um, over the last couple of years. I feel like the quality of their baseline has not maintained. But boy, these anniversaries—wow! Yeah, you know,
2: I've I've never found that the that the baseline their their core. Padrone has been the, the the kind of the go to at that price point mm-hmm. to me. It's not a bad cigar. It's just. I found other cigars at that price point that I actually enjoy more. But, man, you get into the Anniversary Series, it's. Like tough there's, to beat. there's not a time when I walk into a human or and I don't look at that 45th anniversary and mm-hmm. think real hard about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> Ever have one of the uh, 50th anniversaries? I have not had that one yet. Well, uh, that's what Robert Kraft passed out to the Patriots players in the uh, locker room at the end of oh, the Super Bowl. But event, that was nice. which that was kind of like a big story this week. And I guess, well, I guess you know, I guess when your team wins the Super Bowl, like the resulting influx of you know everything from jersey sales to whatever, like you make so much money. So he's a the Be- at this point, right? And so it was nice he didn't scrimp when it came to giving his <laughs> uh, uh, players because that is an expensive cigar, uh, and I've never had one, but uh, but the players all got one after the game, which
2: is you know fun. I was roaming around the Humidor and I saw the uh, the Cohiba Specter. Ah. I've seen it. I never noticed that it was a ninety dollars stick. Yeah, holy yeah, cow! Yeah,
1: that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> uh, well, you know, maybe one day we. Could, I was going to say we could like maybe pitch in and split one, but you can't really split a cigar. No, so not really. It doesn't really work the same way as like a. An expensive you can't like bomber. cut it in half and go here. You <laughs> smoke <laughs> right, this exactly. Cigar. If you could though, I'd be up for that. Uh, all right, when we come back, we're going to taste uh, this IPA that I I'm uh, I I, I life changing. This I can't wait to try it. Uh, this, that's how I felt when I took my first sip of it. And I yes, I have tried it. I tried it earlier in the week and and was blown away. So I'm really interested to see if it strikes you the same way. And um, because we are now in February, the Bud Light uh, label uh, is uh, now appearing on all of their packaging. So I went out in search of the Bud Light ingredients label and i have a little video that we will play in the next segment of me searching for the bud light ingredients label because i think it's important for you if you are a bud light drinker to know what's in your beer
2: wheat malted barley hops water hops water yeah so uh, we'll
1: we'll go look for that uh, ingredients label uh, coming up in the next segment uh, plus we're tasting the uh, odell wolf picker and there's a new colorado bill that's been introduced that would ban smoking in cigar shops, and this is becoming a bigger and bigger trend. So we got to talk just about that. Nuts! Yeah, that's stupid. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting. It's show number one hundred and twenty-five, and we will be right back. Okay. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is uh, Smoking and Toasting. Show number 125 We are brought to you by uh, b Butchers And Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave In Houston In the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth And dude we gotta have uh, Jeremiah from b On the show again soon Because the shows are always just more fun When he's <laughs> here That guy is <laughs> he's outrageous completely out of control and I love it I love him for it uh, So we are uh, bringing you today a show today That will examine the best craft beers If you're watch- watching your waistline Plus I forgot to mention earlier we're gonna be trying uh, a tequila today the epsilon Anejo tequila I have brought with Ooh. me for our sampling pleasure uh, so looking forward to that too and uh, uh, and so there's a lot of a lot of interesting things to talk about but we've been we've been following the story closely because we know that if you were to find yourself somewhere where you were to be in the position to or be forced to uh, order a bud light we know that you are not going to be. Nearly as happy with that if you don't know what's in that beer, and so with that in mind. Well, the fine folks of Bud Light are solving this because yes, they're, they're, their, their on campaign links. Yes, is the
2: and I don't know how much money they spent to do it, but they're going to put. I'd say the first labels. letters a B...
1: Yeah, 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 they're they're going to
2: put labels on their beer telling you what's in it.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. As a matter of fact, uh, that hits in February. Oh, wait, it is February. We were doing a countdown when we did our last show. We were on the last day of January. That's right. And so there was only one day left until the ingredients label. So being naturally curious, as you know me to be, I set out in search of the Bud Light label so I could know definitively, and share with all of you here watching and listening to the show uh, what's in Bud Light. So this is my trip to uh, a nearby institution where I uh, went into the case and and, uh, bought out a a box of Bud Light, a 12-pack of Bud Light, and looked for the ingredients label. So you can follow along with me here. So, as you can see, no ingredients label. Amazing. After all of that, after millions and millions of dollars... That Bud Light has spent so they could tell us that what's in their beer was water, malt, yeast, barley, and hops. How do you the have that memorized? Bit, well, because it's within all beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Uh, maybe you know, some beer so, has extra cool stuff in it.
2: <laughs> so on their, Bud their whole uh, Super Bowl campaign with the, with the oh, corn syrup thing. Yes. Uh, that was
1: interesting. It, it was very interesting. And talk about, you know, some of those commercials were actually very long. Yes. And and really I thought they I thought they were not all that entertaining either. I I knew what they were trying to do. Why would they go on a campaign to take
2: one thing of corn syrup somewhere? Why wouldn't they just repurpose that corn syrup? Well, because
1: they apparently don't use it in Bud Light. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh uh the uh the whole focus on them having uh corn having the big thing of corn syrup and taking it to what was it, to Miller Light first mm-hmm. they took it? Yeah, uh, they took it to Miller Light, did their whole dilly-dilly thing. Um, so they go out, they stop at the Miller Light Castle. They've already received their corn syrup, so then they go, oh, it must be Coors Light. They take it to Coors Light where the king is pleased to get his, uh, the king of, uh, the Coors Light king, I guess, is pleased to get his uh, missing supply. In the ad, the Coors Light king says, to be clear, we brew Coors Light with corn syrup. Uh, Bud Light returned to this theme in ads later uh, in in the Super Bowl. Uh, the message provoked some pretty quick comments on Twitter. The National Corn Growers Association <laughs> said, "America's corn farmers are disappointed in you, Bud Light, uh, and our office is right down the road. We'd love to discuss with you the many benefits of corn." Thanks, Miller Lite and Coors Light for supporting our industry. <laughs> Brewers also responded Samuel Adams said No corn syrup and no rice Yeah, rice and is then a big one Hashtag barley, hops, water, yeast Executive for Miller Coors Which sells both Miller Lite and Coors Light, Were perhaps the most wound up about it Miller Coors tweeted an image Comparing Bud Light with Miller Lite On calories and carbohydrates Where Miller Lite wins On both, by the way It's lower in calories and in carbs
2: Well, I want to pause that We did our Our light beer blind taste test. Yeah. And
1: Bud Light never made anyone's list where Miller Miller Light actually did. did. It actually did. And I will tell you that whatever the extra calories and uh, carbohydrates are coming from in Bud Light, it's not improving the taste. At least (laughs) not in blind taste (laughs) test. At least not in blind taste test. So they, uh, yeah, they they pretty much uh, called them out on it. Uh, here's what the uh, Miller Coors Vice President of Communications and Community Affairs said. He says, The Bud Light ad says more about their market position than it does about any Miller Coors products. When was the last time AB InBev used their Super Bowl ad to attack a competing brand? Miller Light's been gaining share for 17 straight quarters, and someone's feeling the heat. So You know what's amazing about that whole campaign? Right. And even the Dilly Dilly
2: Bully campaign, Mm -hmm, as I like to mm -hmm. call it, none of it ever addresses the actual flavor of the beer. Right. Ever. Of Bud Light. Ever. Because why would they? even remotely. You've tasted it. They never say, hey, our product is delicious. Right. That doesn't even come into the. Doesn't even come up. Right. Yeah. Now, the, the king and his subjects prefer to drink it. Well, because it's for the many,
1: right? Not the right? few.
2: Well, you know the whole thing. Like same thing with restaurants. The more flavor you add, the smaller your uh, audience is. You know, no one can complain about Lubies. right? You know, exactly. McDonald's, McDonald's,
1: right? Yeah, you know, whatever. Right. It's not the but, best hamburger. But you're, you ever not gonna eating, have, but
2: you're not going to have. You're not going to have that many, as many people going to a good Cajun restaurant, right? You know, you start adding a bunch of flavor to stuff, and of course, yeah, it's not for mm-hmm. the many. Yeah, it's for well. the people who appreciate that flavor. Speaking of being for the few.
1: Uh, I love Odell Brewing Company. These guys have got it going on. They have come up with so many great beers. Just over the course of time that we've been sampling beers on this show, We've had, I bet we've had half a dozen different Odell beers that we have loved and, and raved about. Um, I was uh, shopping and found that they now have an experimental IPA called Wolf Picker. And I'm going to show the can to the camera here so you guys can see... Uh, Wolf Picker. I don't think we have our beer cam set up today, but you guys can see it on there. Uh, Wolf Picker is what they call the hop harvester. It's a classic hop harvesting uh, machine. They call it Wolf Picker. And on the can, it talks about how they want to really know and understand their hop farmer at Odell, that they have a very close relationship with the farmers who actually grow uh, the hops. So it's a decades long relationship, and their obsession with. Um, and this is what it says on the can. Uh, with new talent, has the uh, in the world of experimental hops, and so they have come up with a uh, a newcomer hops known as Strata, which brings notes of grapefruit, peach, and mango uh, to an IPA. So I read this on the can as I was pouring. My uh, myself, one of these, and I just want to—I just want to pass the can over to you because I want you to get the aroma that met me as oh, soon wow. as I opened the can. That um, is like the mango is right up front, big and lots of mango. Yeah, yes, lots of mango, and I'll tell you. Um, well, actually, I don't want to say anymore. I want you to try this. So I'm going to pour that and pass it over. Um, I have already tried it, but I will uh, sample it again to see if I get some of the same things. And, it's it's uh,
2: interesting because it's mango and a little piney, right.
1: and it's and it's a it's str- uh, what did I say? Strata was that the name of the hops? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Strata. Uh, so this is a new hops. I don't think I remember having any uh, beer before. Th- at least that I knew was using Strata Hops. So whether it's a new strain, just something. uh, Again, this is their experimental uh, beer and uh, their experimental IPA. But you can pull in the mango and maybe even a little bit of the grapefruit on the nose before you even taste. And I will say. This is
2: very, very oddly awesome.
1: That's a good way to say it, yeah.
2: This is not what you expect from anything called an IPA, but right. it's definitely an IPA.
1: And it also, I, was, I want to say this, it is very juicy but in and very citrusy and fruity, but in a completely different way. This is way. almost what I would expect someone
2: like uh, Dogfish Head to do to an mm-hmm. IPA. This mm-hmm. is so
1: far left field of any IPA. I love it, and I am now faced with a problem. It's a seasonal. Like, the aftertaste on this mm-hmm. is amazing. I'm yes. enjoying
2: not drinking it as much as I'm enjoying
1: drinking the it. The aftertaste that makes sense. is almost like you took a big bite of a really nicely ripe mango. Yeah, it's, it's crazy it's how mango crazy good. is. Uh, but I'm, I'm really concerned because this is a seasonal. And I'm going to want this all year long. I don't know if this will go with a cigar. Have you tried that? have it. But I'm wondering if it might because... The mango on the finish keeps it from being bitter. Well, there's that. It's not too not too bitter. I'm just wondering how
2: the bright flavors. Maybe something like a candela or something a little mm-hmm. left of center, maybe cigar so. yep. wise. Maybe so. It's really really interesting. It's so interesting. I want to keep trying it. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Like that's that's one of the more. I love it. This Unusual
2: is, IPAs. This is
1: one of my favorite IPAs I've had in a very long time. Oh, I can see why. It reminds me of what I love about Lone Pine's Yellow Rose, but it's more fruity than that is. It's interesting because it has balance. It has a lot of,
2: uh, it has a lot of flavor on the aftertaste, so it's almost back balanced a little bit. But it's got mm-hmm. enough. Multi fun in the front and it's not a multi ipa Mm-mm. but it has enough there to keep it to keep it from not having any flavor in the front the middle of it just is real smooth and then the aftertaste is is mango mango, mango mango
1: ridiculousness mm-hmm. it really is i'm i'm interested too because and this can that i poured from is very cold i've only had this super cold i wonder what this would be like a little closer to room
2: temperature. We're going to pour a little in here. If I would like it as much. And uh, and I'm going to set it aside, and we'll try it in a few. Okay. Uh, that will be uh, very interesting. I'm letting yeah, you Yeah, we're
1: going to set this aside and let that warm up a little bit and see That'll how it tastes. be very interesting. For me, I love this. I give it huge, huge thumbs up. If you are a person who likes the concept of the more sessionable IPAs or the juicier IPAs. Yeah. This may be for you. This has a little bit of that juicy feel. Mm-hmm. It's very fruity. It's very different it, it's fruity in a very different way though than a juicy or hazy IPA. Right. A new, Which is very the new England very one at all. strictly citrus. Right. And, and, this and is they have and that that uh, happens more in the middle of the tongue. This happens more on the finish. Um wow. I I really, I really dig it though. By the way, I see you looking at the comments on our uh, on our I, Facebook feed. I, I just, am. I just wanted to uh, to point out <laughs> that uh, after I uh, admitted to being a, uh, a fan of the New England Patriots, uh, one of our buds on on here, I think it was. Uh, uh, was it Delmar or Brian? Oh, I think it was Brian. Said uh, uh, that admission is not going to help your uh, your review. <laughs> and then it made me think of uh, uh, that. That's actually okay because I've read like about one third of one review, and that's all I'm going to read. Anyway, so. so it's okay. <laughs> so speaking speaking of Wiki Brian, he said yeah.
2: Oregon State University and Indie Hops have been working for, uh, to commercialize certain breeds. In the Aroma Hops breeding program, the first of which called Strata is finally finding its way onto the craft beer market. Wow. I have to tell I you, if like that's it. what if that's I what it's like coming it. up with, that is that is
1: outstanding. It really is. And it just goes to show you that there is math involved. I mean, there's actually real science in doing this. It's not just a bunch of guys getting together with a home brewing kit, and you, you know what I mean. There's, you know, real- someone should have told
2: me in high school that
1: math equals beer. Yes, if they had, I would have paid a oh, b- much more attention yeah, in math class. I would have been great kids, at it. Kids, listen to me. <laughs> like we have any kids? Right, kids that listen the show. to our show. <laughs> oh,
2: the- we're gonna have the government come down oh, on yeah, us, see, yeah, and stop no, us so no, that we're that's not right. encouraging. That's right. uh, um,
1: the government actually is looking uh, to ban smoking in cigar shops. In Colorado, if you can believe that 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 is just to me, this is where I, I don't even know how to, to explain how asinine that is. Like this is where government like craziness takes on its most horrible uh, its most horrible form. Uh, the introduction of House Bill nineteen ten seventy six would remove. The exemption of cigar shops from the state of Colorado's smoking ban, making a cigar lounge illegal in the state and making you not be able to even go into your local cigar shop, buy a cigar, clip it, light it, sit in a chair and smoke it in the shop. This is already the case in D.C., except for some places that have been grandfathered in. Now, Colorado, I'm telling you, this is coming, and it's coming to a lot of states. And we have got to band together and block this. And the problem with it is, because it's a state issue, it's tougher for someone like you and I who live in a different state, right, to get involved and, and allow our voices to be heard. And it's not going to have the same kind of national rallying uh, by the Cigar Rights of America now, and
2: Rocky Patel and some of the other people. How do they justify this? Like, my question is, how do they justify this? Okay, who goes into a cigar shop? Uh, people who buy cigars. And people that buy cigars are generally people that smoke cigars, Correct. I'm going to say yes. Maybe okay. occasionally someone now,
1: goes in to buy one for a gift, but yes.
2: But they do this willingly right, and
1: knowingly. They they're know they're into walking a into a place shop, that sells right? cigars. Right? And
2: they're grown
1: adults, right? It's not like they actual into, people. Yeah, it's not like they walked into a steakhouse and went, oh, I didn't know people would be smoking cigars in here.
2: Right. Well, that's like we have to shut down steakhouses because vegetarians might walk in there. I don't really... R- right, exactly. Like, I don't really understand... How it even? How do they even justify? You can't smoke in this establishment that is built around people who want to smoke.
1: Ian, that's like, that's a perfect point. You, I think, just crystallized, You crystallize it better than I've ever heard it crystallized. Vegetarians know not to walk into a steakhouse without knowing that people are going to be serving big chunks of meat in there, and if that's offensive to you as a vegetarian. You don't walk into a Ruth's Chris. That's easy enough, right? So if you
2: don't want to be around smoke, don't go to a cigar shop. That's pretty simple,
1: right? (laughs) It's not that difficult. It really isn't. And yet, the government... You know, Rocky Patel, who uh, we've had on the show before, he's a great guy. He is a crusader for the rights of cigar smokers and and cigar companies. Uh, Lobbies Washington all the time, spends a lot of his time and money on... In this effort, he has opened, uh, as you know, uh, Burn in Miami is Rocky's uh, Cigar Mm -hmm. Lounge. He's been trying to open one in D.C. for several years, Burn D.C. He's given up now because he cannot get past the local uh, regulations there in the city of Washington, D.C. that keep him from being able to let people smoke in his cigar store and lounge. So he's not not, there. Are uh, there are places that are there? Was somewhere I was reading about, and and I apologize for not knowing this off the top of my head, but there's somewhere I was reading about. It was a cigar store that was being built in one of these places where you could maybe it was DC uh, where you couldn't smoke in there. And so what they had done is they had built the humidor and they had built a bar. They could sell alcohol, but they couldn't allow people to smoke a cigar that they bought in the humidor there unbelievable it, uh, it makes no sense they need to ban water parks because if you walk in there unknowingly you might get wet you know that's a that's a problem i'm sure because there are people who have uh, real issues with getting wet like you never know yeah you could water. walk in a water park get wet and all of a sudden what if you, you like- bought a 12 pack of bud light it didn't have an ingredients label on it and you didn't know what was in your beer that's a good question. Uh, all right, we'll ponder that during the break, and we'll be back uh, to taste uh, Lone Pint Brewing's brand new English Brown Ale, and I'm so excited for you to taste this. I think you're going to be uh, well. I won't. Uh, I won't prejudice it. Let's see what you think. Uh, you're listening to Smoking and Toasting, brought to you by B and B, and we will be right back.
2: Oh, nanny state, save me for myself. <laughs> delmar says band together cigar fun
1: mm-hmm. welcome back it's smoking and toasting we are uh on show number 125 a quarter of the way between 100 and 200 now, our 100th show was such a blowout i don't know what we're going to we may have to rent the george r brown convention center for <laughs> our uh, uh, for our 200th cuz it's like it's going to be nuts Well, I you
2: know what's like. funny about the 100 like we yeah.
1: invited everybody we had on the show and a couple
2: extra people beyond mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. but the people that couldn't make it still Like when we run into them, like oh man, I wish I was there for the one hundred. I heard (laughs) about it. It was fun. It was fun. (laughs) Uh, And people say that
1: about the uh, whiskey. That's okay. We're halfway to the two hundred. Yeah. Well, no. Well, yes, we are halfway. Somewhere near halfway to the two (laughs) hundred. I tell you, it's a good thing I'm not a a brewmaster because math is uh, is not my uh, strong suit. So, um, I was uh, looking at the bottle of beer. You pointed this out that there is an ingredients label. On the bottle of gentleman. Yeah, they're trying to be just. They're trying to be just like Bud Light. Yeah, that Lone Pine. You're copying Bud Light. (laughs) (laughs) How unoriginal can you guys be? You know, I wonder if they spent millions on getting that label on there. I bet they did. And listen to what's in it: Maris Otter, dark crystal, wheat and chocolate malts, first gold whole cone hops, house yeast. That's what's listed on the ingredients Now, I, I, I'm
2: curious. When, when we do finally <laughs> see this Bud Light label, is it going to be that specific, or is it just going to say malt,
1: No, yeast, I, I, I've seen it on hops. the commercial. It says water, malt, barley, hops, yeast. I don't even know if it said yeast. Now, re, read that and, one more time. Right. How specific is this? Maris Otter. And by the way, maybe Brian can jump in uh, on Wikipedia here and tell, tell me what Maris Otter is. Is that a hops, or are they just being interesting and colorful? Because I don't know what Maris Otter is, Maris Otter Dark Crystal. What does that mean? That's a movie. That's a movie with David Bowie in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maris Otter Dark Crystal Wheat and Chocolate Malts, uh, First Gold Whole Tone Hops. I'm assuming those are all malts, Mouse by the way, because the Dark Crystal malts right. I've heard. I think I think you're right. I think it's malts. So uh, it, uh, it says here the gentleman's relish is their brown ale, giving a nod to the Northern English. Brown style. However, uh, it says, since defeating the English in 1793, it is uh, analogistic that the American version be stronger to reflect on England's vanquishment. (laughs) (laughs) I love these guys at uh, at Lone Pine. I really do. Even if they copied Bud Light's ingredients label. Oh, that's um, hilarious. Ian, it's 6.2%. So uh, let's open this now and get... uh, Oh, that was awesome! That was pretty good, wasn't it? Um, I, and I just love the old uh, pirate captain on the front of that there, and and how he scarred, pirate, how he scarred over one eye.
2: Yeah, and he doesn't have a he doesn't have an eye patch, so they went no. a little left of center there. Yes, too. they did.
1: They, th- the eye is definitely scarred. As okay, you can Maris say. Otter is an uh, is an English two role more. Two, roll, two malt. roll malt. Okay, well, I suppose that goes along with doing the uh, the English style brown ale. So, oh, this smells it makes, amazing. Uh, it makes a whole lot of sense. Well, let me. This just smells back like up I say, love
2: it before I even try it. Well,
1: I I have a feeling. Let me just back up and say, I have never ta- Well, I, I'll take that back. I've only tasted one thing from this brewery that I didn't think was amazing. And, and he brought it on the show. And he brought it on the show. I think to <laughs> test us, because to see if we were just fanboys that that wouldn't you know that wouldn't say anything, right? <laughs> uh, but he did bring when he came on the show, the brewmaster from Lone Pine. Uh, he he brought several things that were really delicious. Not this, by the way. Oh, they did it. Uh, uh, they did it. They did it. You want to just jump in, and I'll tell the this story is in a minute?
2: okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, hit to interrupt, but this is exciting. This is delicious. Well, it is really good. Um, <laughs> So a couple things. A lot of brown ales, uh, they make so sweet, which is okay. I like sweet beers a lot of times. But this is bitter brown. This it's, is this is almost more traditional. A, yeah, um, This is almost uh, bitter like an ESB uh, kind of finish to it. It's got like, like it. a
1: bitter chocolate vibe to yes, it. You know? Yes, yes, yes.
2: Yeah. Very much like bitter... Like, dark, dark bitter chocolate kind mm-hmm. of vibe to it.
1: And a very pleasant kind of bitter, by the way. Not something that... It smells sweeter than it Overly is. hopped bitter. It's not that kind of bitter. This is outstanding. I love it this. It really is. You know, we like a lot of beers. We should probably address that. Well, we've been accused of
2: liking everything on our show. Yeah. Which is not which is entirely not true. true. Yeah, not, t- not entirely true. However, entirely. beer is good. Beer good. And in my book, beer equals smiley face.
1: (laughs) And I like your book. I think your book has a lot going for it. You know, I try to use shorthand that works. Well, the reality is there's no reason for us to try things that we are expecting not to like. You
2: notice I didn't say beer equals dilly dilly. I said beer equals smiley face. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I think you're right. So, but, I don't
1: know what dilly-dilly means. I don't, I don't really either. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be nonsense things. Well, I, I, I will say that I agree with you about this brown ale. And when we had the brewmaster on from, from Lone Pint, he brought a number of things that were all delicious, brought them in growlers, and uh, then he poured us one. And we were like, well... I, I don't like this. System. We were trying to be nice. We're like, I don't like this much. The other, she's like, yeah, I don't think this one turned out good. Like, it was just, it was, it was hilarious to us that he would bring that. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't that good. And yet at the same time, the other stuff that he brought was. And uh, to date, the only thing that's been very easy to find of theirs on store shelves, and even it wasn't easy for a long time, is their Lone Pint Yellow Rose, which again is my favorite IPA. Uh, but this this is easily my favorite brown ale that I have tried. What do you, uh, what do you think? Where would you put I'm, it on? I'm here? going in
2: for more. I don't know that it's my absolute favorite brown ale that I've tried. There's a lot of great brown ales that I'm a big fan of. This is outstanding. This is on the top though.
1: It's much richer yeah. than some of the brown ales. Some of the brown ales that I uh, that I can think of. Are a little more. uh, This is going to sound like I'm saying I don't like them, and I know, but they're just a little more watery. They're not as thick. It's not as. uh, Yeah. They're more diluted. Maybe
2: is up there, definitely with um, with Bell's Best Brown, Mm -hmm. which is unbelievable. This is up there with some of the best ones I've had. I I don't know that I put it on favorite. I'd have to try it alongside the bells. So bells, send me some. So uh, we got we got an interesting uh, um, uh, comment up here. uh uh, delmar says is there a way to find out what beers are going to be on the next show so i can drink along oh
1: what a cool idea we might have to do that i I had had never great great idea i had not ever thought of that but uh, i suppose we could um we might have to start a list we could maybe post on the facebook page uh what what beers are going to be on the next show
2: and you can drink along and and you can can drink along if you have a chance to yeah that would be fantastic
1: that's good especially if they're Beers. Occasionally, we might have something that's a little <laughs> tougher to find, but uh, he says,
2: "He says my boss is out of office on Thursdays. I bet I could pull it off."
0: <laughs> it
2: Thank really you is. guys for taking
1: time, especially when you're at work watching us. Yeah, please it really share. A, please share. It really is a a wonderful idea, don't you think? Uh, that yeah, that is a great idea. <laughs> so. Wow, very very good. All right, VinePair named the uh, 50 best beers. Of 2018, I want to go through this list real quick, Ian, uh, just to see what uh, what you think. The rules they said the ranking was determined by the members of the VinePair team, including staff members and trusted industry insiders, whatever that means. Uh, hundreds of selections were narrowed down to 50 with the following criteria: all beers had to be available in the U.S. in a can or bottle at retail. Sorry, Crowlers, maybe next year. They say uh, the top 50 list. Ah uh, focuses on beers that are accessible, though a few may be hard to find. It is possible to procure, procure them, even if you're not in that city or state. Although many beers uh, were new in 2018, that was not a requirement. But no beers from last year's top 50 list were considered, and entries were limited to one beer per brewery. Ah, so you might uh, you might think that you know a, a great brewery would. You know, you would consider more than just one, but in order to keep it mixed up, that's that was part of the rules. So, without further ado, <coughs> oh, we said beers were also tasted more than once, particularly among uh, the top ten. Well, of course they were. Wouldn't you want to do that? Yes, I want to taste this more than once. Um, number fifty. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, I won't even give you the numbers until we get to the top ten. But uh, here are the ones that made the list: Edmunds Oast, Something Cold, Premium Blonde Ale. I uh, have not had it. Mm-mm. White Street Brewings Kolsch. Are nope. you familiar with it? I'm not either. Ardent Craft Ales Saison. Mm-mm. I don't think I've had Ardent Craft Ales. Hidden Springs Ale Works Hidden Springs Ale Works Riot Juice. Love the name. Uh, it's labeled as a Berliner Weiss, but they say it's more like a liquid fruit tart. Nice. Uh, Barrel Brewing Rosé Bois Grand Cru. So, this is uh, part of one of the new trends towards uh, sour yeah yeah right and and being more uh, wine-ish in their approach to beer labeling Stouts gear shifter IPA I had never seen this one before that's one of the, one of the reasons I think these lists are so interesting because of how many of these I've just never even seen not only have I not tried them I've never even seen them and I spend an inordinate amount of time shopping for beer you know looking for different stuff. It um, just
2: shows how many beers we've tried and how many beers are out there left to try. Yeah. Because uh, so, we're on show 125 right now, yeah. and we, we
1: do a minimum of three beers per right. show. So many beers, so little time. Black Project Beers Super Cruise Cobb Frank, Five Burrows Brewing Brute IPA, Ninkasi Brewings Pacific Rain Northwest Pale Ale. I'm just looking at some of these going, yum. <laughs> we've tried a five- uh, five boroughs, haven't we? Think, or maybe I've maybe I've tried. I know, I know. I'm familiar with. It. I've tried. Something I think we might have tried a Five Boroughs. Yes, uh, it's a Brooklyn brewery, and uh, this was the one that they picked out of their right. uh, offerings at number forty one. Bell's Two Hearted IPA. That's a great beer. We both are uh, yes, big fans of that. Beer. We've had it on the show, and, and it's one of the big ones. Love this name, Lord Hobo Brewing's Boom Sauce. Lord Hobo. Lord Hobo and Boom Sauce, all in one nice. can. I love it. The other half, Hop Showers, uh, an IPA. Uh, fi- a 50-50 <laughs> Brewing's Coppa, Pale Ale. Uh, Monday Night Brewing's Don't Call It Hot Lanta, which is a... Quadruple Dry Hopped IPA, <laughs> uh, Coronado Never Better D-IPA, uh, Rothaus Pills, Creature Comforts Brewings, Tropicalia. I have had something from Creature Comforts. I have not had the Tropicalia. I haven't tried a single one of those yet. Uh, uh, no, you've tried Bell's IPA. Oh, well, aside
2: from Bell's. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was uh, the other first than one. that. Sorry. My fault.
1: Main Beer Company's Woods and Waters. A new IPA from Maine Beer Company that say tastes like a piney forest with a citrus twist. So I don't know if you'd even like that one. Probably not. Uh, there's the Browerage Three Fontaine Ode Gulls. I'm sure I'm not The bottle looks correct. awesome. Yeah, but the bottle does look awesome. And uh, uh, you can find this list, by the way, at Vine Pear if you want to take a look. Uh, Northway Brewing's Sunrise Session IPA. Uh, Firestone Walker's Firestone Lager. Now this is interesting because I've had that, and we'll get to this uh, when we do the uh, beers that are uh, uh, beers to have if you're watching your waistline coming up later in the show. Uh, but one of those is the 805, which you and I are familiar with uh, that made that list. Beer. And what's interesting is that Firestone Walker actually made a decision to market it almost completely apart from the other beers that they sell. Because they are so, like, you know, IPA and bigger beer oriented with what most of their line is. And that's just a more sort of – they find it it appealed almost to a different consumer. Right. Uh, So I'm wondering about this lager, if it's intended to go after the 805 Ah. lager. Uh, But I don't know. Uh, Killsborough's Birthday Munchies. (laughs) It's a uh, playful pastry stout, they say. Uh, I have not had it. Kings County Brewers Collective Morbid Hour. Here's one Prairie Artisan Ales Paradise. We've had this one. The Ales Paradise? Have yes. we had that one? I think we have. I yes. know we've had
2: the birthday beer. We've
1: had the it's, birthday bomb. You know, we've this had the Christmas is, bomb. This is the Imperial Stout brewed with coconut and vanilla. Oh, we've definitely and, had that. I do and, uh, remember that. It tastes, that. A, they say, like a Samoa Girl Scout cookie. Right, I do, and remember, I do that. remember that. I do remember that. Here we go, baby Left Hand Brewing's Milk Stout Nitro. That yeah, is a wonderful that's, beer. That's awesome. a really really good beer, Hudson Valley Breweries Amulet Sour IPA. Uh, we're up to twenty five now. West Sixth Brewing, uh, West Sixth Brewing Cerveza. Uh, I don't know. Is that an West Austin Sixth, beer? Is that? Yeah, I was going to guess. Sixth I'm not sure. Austin. West Sixth Cerveza. It doesn't say on this, and I'm not familiar with the uh, with the brewery. Uh, Duvel Single Fermented Belgian Golden Ale. Uh, the Perennial Artisan Ales Hophente. Uh, tr- TRVE Brewing Treve Brewing Seven Doors Grisette, Cigar City Brewing's High Lie yep, IPA at 20 a Which is a wonderful a wonderful IPA There are a lot of IPAs on this list Which leads me to believe that the Vine Pair uh, Team may be a little Is High actually centered. an IPA or is yes, it a it pale is. ale? Uh, it is an India pale ale Oh Cigar it is an, City an IPA Brewing. Okay yep. Uh, they it's, are the. It's fa- kind of borderline IPA. Then highlight, by the way, made news in 2018 for becoming the fastest-growing independent beer brand in the country, as well as the number one selling six-pack of craft beer in the U.S. Grocery by the way, store. we're talking about grocery this, sector. This
2: Lone Pint um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Brown Ale. The uh, we'll have some more of? The Cigar City Maduro is an outstanding one. Oh, yes, ale. and
1: we have had that, and yes. it is wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. At 19, Grim Artisanal Ales Galaxy Pop. At 11, Odell Brewing's Cloud Catcher Milkshake IPA. Have not had that. I have. It's good, but I'm going to send you this way if you're going for an odell ipa <laughs> uh, it's good i like this better uh but it is a good a very interesting ipa live oak brewing's grudziski uh comes in I've at never number 17 now live oak uh, brewing obviously from texas uh but i've not had the grudziski it's uh, live oak makes one of the best hefeweizens in existence and i will put the hands down on that it's a polish smoked wheat beer I have no idea. What I don't that. know what that is. I'm, I mean, I know what it is, obviously, but I, I, I don't know <laughs> what that means in versus other uh, sorts of uh, wheat beers. Uh, the Funk Works Saissan de Um uh, I've uh, had quite a few. of The Funk Works man, their Tropical King mm-hmm. is amazing. Have not had that particular one though. Uh, South Norte Beer Company's Agavemente. It's an agave lager. Uh, Otter Creek Brewing's Daily Dose IPA comes in at 14. Jack Abbey's Craft Loggers Copper Legend Oktoberfest. Well, I tell you what happens when you look at this list, Ian, is you just go, i got to try all, all these, of these beers. Yes. Like I really want to. Breakside Brewery's Rainbows and Unicorns Session IPA. Interesting name. I like it. Westbrook B- West Brewing's Lemon Cucumber Goza. Now, I'm going to just say I love... The whole Goza thing, I it would be challenging for me to like anything with cucumber. See, I'm not a cucumber the guy. The cucumber Gatorade is amazing mm-hmm. and I love it. <laughs> I might like that a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, they say it's tart and thirst quenching and wonderful. Night Shift Brewings Nightlight, uh, which is uh, a beacon of the craft lager movement out of Massachusetts. Number nine, Wiley Roots Brewings. Citradonculus DIPA Citradonculus, it's I love a it. Double IPA from Wiley Roots, and it comes in at number nine. At number eight, Tin Roof Brewing's Voodoo American Pale Ale um, IPA is is uh, is an interesting, uh, obviously what. The chunk of the market segment that IPAs have gotten, but pale ale is kind of quietly doing its thing. Well, APA as right, its right. own thing because mm-hmm. we
2: tried that uh, drum roll APA mm-hmm. that was from uh, Odell Brewing. Odell's, thank which you, mm-hmm. wonderful. Too, yes, yeah,
1: absolutely. At number seven, Allagash Brewing's Farm to Face. Now I've had a number of Allagash Brewings uh, beers, Farm to Face, but I've not that. had the Farm to Face, and I love it's beer made with peaches, Farm to Face. At number six, Finback Brewery and Collective Arts Brewing's Canada Spritz Black Current Brute, double IPA. Uh, at number five, Industrial Arts Brewing Wrench. Uh, Brewing Wrench, one of several stellar IPAs, they say, from Industrial Arts. Again, a brewery. I don't think either of us mm, have been able to no try it. No idea. Uh, at number four, the Crooked Stave Artisan Beer Project, Sour Rosé. You're going to see more and more of these wine-influenced beers in the next year. This is going to be a huge trend. Seems to be Huge trend At number three The Beachwood Blendery Funk Yeah Uh, It is a (laughs) I just uh, love the name Yeah, a Cantillion Goza uh, Or as close as you're going to get to one uh, Stateside, they say
2: You know, uh, five years ago You would have never seen any of these Gozas on the market Oh, I know There were very, very very few even available
1: At number two Two Roads Brewing's Tanker Truck Series Young Blanc Goza Ah, there's Again. that wine influence. Yep. Yeah. And 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 the Goza. And at number one, and I so applaud this at number one, Sierra Nevada Brewing's Hazy Little Thing IPA. Fantastic. One of my favorite Fantastic go-to beers. Beer. I just absolutely love it. It's easy to find. Uh, it says here in this that uh, Sierra Nevada made an epic comeback in 2018. For years, its pioneering pale ale was overshadowed by newer breweries' trendy releases. But with Hazy Little Thing, Sierra Nevada was back in the limelight. And uh, and well-deserved, too. The beer's available in all 50 states, and it's just good. It's 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 one of my go-tos. We've had it on the show. Well, you know, so
2: my H-E-B by my house, and I like H-E-B as a store generally, but uh, the H-E-B by my house has a terrible beer aisle. Oh, man, I hate Like, it, it used to be better. About a year ago, it was better. Um, but now, you go down, they just redid the whole beer aisle, and there are about seven or eight Doors worth mm-hmm. Of just Bud Light Like it's just all blue um, And then there's a few doors Of Miller Light, And then you have The craft beer section Which is now Completely covered With ABM Bev craft beers Right And then That beer Which is good Yes A few St. Arnold's mm-hmm.
1: And you might be lucky If you find Something else Okay so this is happening More and more And here's the thing And I'm going to And I'm going to say this To everybody who listens to the show? That's a craft beer fan. It is so much easier for the people who are in charge of stocking that beer shelves to do it that way. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're already dealing with ABN Bev's uh, salespeople anyway, right? So that these people are coming in and they're giving them good deals on this and good deals on that and whatever. And but part of what those guys, those ABN Bev sales guys, are trained to do is to push you to make their products your craft beer and not have you worry about all that other stuff. And to the, the store, it's easier that way. It's much easier than dealing well, with the, the, distributors, the distributors. The distributors are just distributors, selling you right. what they already have on their truck So anyway. here's what you have to do, and I mean this. Complain. You have to let them know that as a customer you're disappointed. You have to find the right way to find a manager. Don't be a jerk about it. But say... I'm just so disappointed you guys used to have such a great selection, and now it's just all this stuff. Yeah, they I go, oh, yeah, well, we have an IPA, we have a brown ale, we have a border. Go, yeah, but you used to have. A selection, and of then breweries.
2: then you point to the seven shelves that are all blue right next to you. you say yeah, mm-hmm. but they're all made by that company, right?
1: Exactly. Don't or by the way, anything else? Or by the way, you go to a Specs or a place that is not going to stock right. that way, and you do your, your buying there. Now, I'll I'll tell you one other thing, and I don't know if this is true for people uh, who live in other cities that that have one of these, but here in Houston, uh, my wife and I go to a lot of live music shows. We love supporting live music, and a lot of them happen to be, just based on the artists that we like, at the House of Blues, mm-hmm. downtown uh, Houston. House of Blues has been rolling back their craft beer selection. In fact, in at the Houston House of Blues, their craft beer selection now absolutely sucks. That sucks, because they were a little skinny on it before. A little skinny on it before, and then they expanded out into it a little bit. But I'm sure it's harder to keep up with. you got to keep up with more. So if you go to a House of Blues and the same things happen, complain. No. I know the consumer they want in there, and the consumer they want is a craft beer consumer. I understand that because those are the people who are going out. And well, when you're more charging nine
2: dollars for a can of thank you Bud Light, yeah, and then for eleven dollars you can get the same size can, and these are the big cans, right? Mm-hmm. You
1: get the same size can of Dale's Pale Ale. But see, they don't have Dale's Pale Ale, see, Dale's Pale Ale anymore. That's what I'm trying to. That tell was you. my go-to there. That's that what. That's what I'm very, trying to tell you. Very in fact, if it wasn't for a really nice bartender upstairs, when I went to the Eric Johnson show last week. Um, who sent a bar back in search of? Because he thought they had somewhere. I wouldn't have even been able to get. I, he finally tracked me down some Art Car IPA from Saint Arnold. Otherwise, I'd have had my, the best beer I could have bought would have been either a Shiner Bach, which I like, but I don't want to drink it all the time, right? Or a Stella Artois. Uh. And they've got Art Car on the menu. You're staring there looking at it, and they go, Yeah, we don't really have. I said, You know, you're. I'm. Will you please let people know that customers are complaining? Because I'm complaining. Like, not to be a jerk, you're doing your job. I get it. But customers are complaining. If you don't complain, one of my favorite restaurants. Uh, that I like to go when I'm gonna like spend some money and have a really nice meal was the first place I ever tried Lone Pint Yellow Rose. They had it on tap. I tried it and it was like wonderful. Like it would like changed my whole thought process to IPAs. Well, a uh, few months later they didn't have it anymore. They replaced it with a more sort of standard IPA, if you will. I complain every time I go in. I go in and find a different bartender, a different somebody. And I go, uh, yeah, do you have the Lone Pine Yellow Rose? He goes, no, we don't have that. I go, oh, man, you used to have that. It was so good. I can't believe this one you have doesn't even come close. Like, right. and, and, and I try to do it in that sort of a way, right, because – that's what drives people. The only otherwise they'll just always go with what's easiest, and they may go with what's easiest anyway. But at least it makes me feel well, better. Well, hey,
2: if you're stocking shelves at one of those places and all your beers come off the exact same truck, yeah, hello, at the exact same time, and oh, oh, by the way, you only have to write
1: one check. Yeah, mm. that's what sort it of tells you. That's not really craft beer. That's not really craft beer. And maybe they don't care to be craft beer. And if so, that's fine. I'll buy it elsewhere. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we will come back. Uh, we still uh, will be going over the um, uh, the list of uh, beers that are good if you're watching your waistline. Or better, if you're watching your waistline. And... Epsilon Oñejo Tequila in our next that segment. That sounds good. Very excited about this. Plus, still to come, Hoppin' Frog's Boris the Crusher. I can't wait Oat to see that. Oatmeal IPA... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Oatmeal Imperial Stout. So we're looking forward to that. It's uh, Smokin' and Toastin', and we'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, I love that hazy little thing, too. But yeah, every time I look at that article, I go, come on, try all these. Things. I'm surprised there's so many like we have- Welcome back, my friends. It's smoking and toast in show number one hundred and twenty-five. We'll be getting you the best craft beers. If you're watching your waistline, uh, we're brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And mentioned this, uh, but when my buddy Dave was in town, we went to B mm-hmm. and B Lemon, and they had a great experience there. It was cool. But the one thing that cracked me up was the lemon tree outside the main window with one lemon <laughs> with on one it. With one lemon, I was on. like, "How did they do that?" You know, in the data. You know, in the dead of winter, um, so welcome back to the show. We are um, really excited about uh, a lot of great things going on in the spirits world and in our uh, upcoming uh, uh, shows. We are going to be, um, and you might watch for this if you're around on Sunday afternoon, because I think we'll pop on and do at least a piece of this live, and then we'll capture the whole thing uh, for um, uh, for next week's show. But we're going to be speaking with the master distiller. From Glenmorengi, that's on Sunday great. afternoon. Awesome, probably around two o'clock central. Two o'clock, right? Yeah. So, uh, really excited about this. Obviously, we'll be uh, uh, tasting a little. Uh, that's that's Glenmore. like that's like rock star right that's there. The master. Do you and me? Yeah, it's like it's like we're you know For we're We're sitting down with Keith Richards. You yeah, know, that's, that's what it's like. I mean, it's going to be like a right. big big deal. That's to not you and me. You know, and there's one thing like I'm the, geeking the out. reps are great. Oh, I um, um, love him! Yeah, the reps are fantastic. Dan Crowell, uh, yeah, he's uh, l- so fun, so knowledgeable,
2: group. and he he ends up doing a bunch of classes and stuff. I see. Uh, he's
1: very, very good.
2: Yeah, know. and uh, but to meet the guy. That, that has yeah this is what he does yeah, yeah that's amazing <laughs> so especially on a brand that's that. been around for that long
1: so that'll be a part of next week's show on number 126 uh but if you're around and uh, you know kicking around have facebook open on sunday afternoon around two o'clock we'll do at least a portion of it uh facebook live so it should be fun it won't be like a full show we'll just do a portion of the interview which will become a part of the full show next week and then the following uh, weekend! Well, we got some exciting times. We, coming We, you, and I, and uh, Adam, our producer, are headed to Honduras, where we're going to be. And I don't know the status of internet uh, where we're going, but we're going to the tobacco farm, the plantation, and the um, uh, the uh, uh, factory where the cigars are mm-hmm. cured and rolled. And I'm so excited that we're going to be. Uh, you know, in the middle of all this, able to talk to the rollers, able to talk to the uh, the master blenders, and able to talk to the farmers and really kind of take in what it's all about. so if if the um if the internet works, we'll do some of this live. If we're having trouble with that, we will capture it and bring it back and include it, uh, obviously in upcoming shows. so. I'm just really excited! I'm oh, so I mean, excited. The folks, uh, the folks from JRE, and uh, and of course we had um, Tom Polar on the show a while back, and it was through that that we got invited to to come to this, and it's it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can hardly contain myself. Do you think we need to pack cigars and take them with us? Well, you know, I'm, I'm
2: going to go ahead and not bring cigars and just yeah. see what happens. Let's see what happens. I'm okay. throwing that one out in the wind. All
1: right. That sounds like a plan. So now, those things are coming up. We are very excited.
2: So you have this Esplan, um in your hand <laughs> yep. there. I've seen this brand so many times over the last few years.
1: And I've never tried any of their tequila, and I haven't either. Uh, you usually in most stores can find the uh, blanco, the reposado, uh-huh. and the añejo, and it is a very inexpensively priced tequila. I want to say um, a few dollars a bottle less than even most of what you would normally consider the um, you know the lesser priced premium tequilas, right? right? Uh, and so uh, I've never tried it. I do see it behind the bar a lot too at different yeah, places. Yeah, I've been that, seeing it uh, that make margaritas or that uh, where you can buy tequila. So I thought you know it's as good a time as any, and we'll just start with their añejo. Now I do love their whole skeleton Day the of the artwork Dead artwork, artwork thing on there. Yeah, they have going awesome. on, which is not that unusual for a tequila, but I still I still like it. And uh, I've actually heard from people I know that have tried this that they really like it. So. I didn't get much of a sound there, so I'm just going to try that again. That's better. A little bit of that time, yes. Uh, so, well, I will tell you... I love that, how you
2: persevere with the sound effects. If you don't get it the first time, you know, it's you try again. Uh,
1: it's trial and error, but you got to do what you got to do. And I think sound effects are important, and that's why we invest on this show so much money into... Sound effects.
2: Yes. Well, we have one machine that is pre-programmed, mm-hmm. and then the rest of them we do live with a little like, tiny, tiny speaker. We don't. We don't skimp on the uh, <laughs> beer opening or uh, liquor opening liquor sound opening effects. Sound we sound
1: just effects. don't. That's right. You know, it's you got to put your foot down important. somewhere. So, Epsilon uh, Tequila. It is 100 percent pure agave, uh, handcrafted in Los Altos, the Highlands region of Jalisco. Uh, it uh, reveals the essence of Mexico. At its core, the spirit of the iconic leader is a symbol synonymous with Mexico's proud history. So it, it smells like tequila. Like well, it smells like buttery tequila. Yeah. Like, it's got a buttery look to it. Now it the, smells uh, like The blanco and the tequila. reposado colors are a little bit different. The blanco is pretty much pure silver color, but Wow, well, you're you're right. It smells like buttery agave. It
2: tastes like buttery agave, mm-hmm. like in a great sweet kind of way. This one has heat in a funny spot that I'm not used to. It's actually like, I really like this. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, it's got heat in a funny spot though. It hits right before you finish swallowing. And uh, yes, yeah, it's just right there. It's just a little snap of heat, mm-hmm. and then you swallow, and it's this warmth that that follows the kind of past. Of yeah, flows
1: back through. Yeah, um, I will say from a taste standpoint, it is very. Uh, I'll use the word accessible. Uh, it's a good tequila for people who go. Oh, I don't know. I struggle with tequila. It's a bit much for me because uh, the butteriness to it, it's almost like as Chardonnay is to white wine, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of butteriness. This is to tequila. It's I bet just this a- would make a
2: wicked margarita.
1: Mm.
2: Like because of the butteriness, mm-hmm. just like uh, absolutely ridiculous. You know, uh, I've had tequilas that I like the, uh, I like the aftertaste better on. This is not bad. Uh, It's a little greener than some of the ones we've had on here. But then again, what's the price point
1: on this? Uh, I want to say it's uh, less than $30. Oh, well, less than $30. For for the onion. That's that's pretty darn good to keep. I will tell you that, yeah, you're not getting the sort of maple and uh, woodsy, uh, vanilla type flavors. That you often get from barrel aging in the tequila. The, the vanilla is subdued, and the um, but the butteriness just makes it very and pleasant. And the oak
2: is only only present in the very last bit of the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is a pleasant flavor. The the butteriness up front, buttery agave up front, is really kind of interesting.
1: So I would say this is a great tequila for people who are just getting started on yeah. tequilas. It's a great sort of a starter tequila, but don't. Pass it up. I mean, I I'm like you. I wonder what a margarita would taste like made with. Well, this. at that price point, though, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like realistically, at you that could, price you point, you can use that's, it for margaritas. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. You can mix it and not feel bad about it. And I bet, like being able to use this with a little interest to it in and a good margarita mix or a homemade margarita mix would make really outstanding margarita. Not that it's bad by itself by any means, but yeah, no,
1: I enjoy it for sipping. Now, I'm interested. Now in whether the Blanco and the Reposado are uh, more agave forward cuz this is just it's butter forward. <laughs> it's the best way. I it could, is. This is, is real buttery, it, you know. Very much so. Wow. Uh, I'm kind of digging it, I do have to say. Kind of digging and it. And it. it looks buttery. It looks buttery What's what's interesting
2: is it's a little more pale straw than what you
1: usually see in a <clears throat> nine Correct. Hill. Correct. But it it really it really kind of works. So really kind of, I could see this being something that you open the bottle, you pass it around, and then everybody has more. It's one of yeah. those that would, you know what I mean. It's not yeah. one of those where you take it a look, like, oh, that was very interesting, and then you put the bottle away. It's one that you, once it's open, you're going to continue, yeah. uh, continue to sample it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've I've had better tequilas than this, but I don't know if I've had better tequilas at that price point for for what this is.
1: I agree. So I agree. I think it's quite good. Um, okay, so I tell you what we're going to do A little bit of a short segment here But we're going to come back In our final segment We're going to uh, taste uh, Boris the Crusher From Hop and Frog It's the Oatmeal Imperial Stout And we'll be sharing with you The, uh, <laughs> the uh, best craft beers If you're watching your waistline And I already have a couple to add To the list that we have So I'm looking forward to this And uh, you're watching and uh, listening To Smokin' and Toastin' And we'll be right back Man, those guys are cool Welcome back, it's smoking and toasting, and we are so glad you are uh, joining us for num- uh, show number 125. We're brought to you by b Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. A lot of good things going on, uh, as we mentioned, in the next couple of weeks, so we're uh, really excited about uh, the next batch of upcoming shows. And today we're sharing with you, and I got this from a, a great article in uh, Food and Drink Magazine. Uh, A great article about, you know, keeping your waistline in check during the year can be a challenge. Um, But if you are, if you're like me, there's just some things you're not really willing to give up. So when you enter that phase where you're like, okay. Are you talking about vegan? Yes, exactly. And beer. Uh, And I'm talking about beer. Uh, I I just, I can't do that. If, if. I suppose I could if it was you know just medically necessary that I had to do it. But I would feel like I was depriving myself of one of the things that I enjoy most. Mm-hmm. So rather than do that, maybe the good path to take is to learn how to be smart about what you drink and to um, and to watch your uh, watch your calorie, and to, to do it in a really informed and intelligent way. So a couple of tips from this uh, article uh, so that you can continue to celebrate life and all it has to offer, including craft beer, right? Uh, rule number one is to understand that less taste in beer equals fewer calories. So if you're going for a barrel-aged chocolate raspberry stout, you might want to think about limiting the size of your pour. A lot of places will pour uh, 5-ounce pours on on some of the the bigger uh, – So that's a good way to get the taste in. Still enjoy what you're enjoying. And I've maintained this for a long time, by the way. Uh, We talked about this in our Bud Light conversation last week. That that article uh, that I was looking at was saying that three Bud Lights equaled one – Um, of the, I forget what craft beer it was, oh, it was the the Dirty Bastard. Yeah, the Dirty Bastard, which Uh, is delicious. Right, I'd much rather have one Dirty Bastard and nurse it than to throw back three Bud Lights. You know why you can do
2: that with a Dirty Bastard? Because Dirty Bastard tastes great.
1: Cold. It tastes and great, it tastes not good warm so cold. Too. Yeah,
2: and when it gets warm, it still tastes great. Right,
1: and and then helps. Speaking it's of which, flavor, by the way.
2: it's got flavor integrity. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm coining that right now. It's got flavor, flavor integrity.
1: integrity. All right, we'll get our lawyers on uh, on that. Uh, um, you know. Service marking flavor. This
2: is close to room temperature right now. Flavor integrity. It smells a little different. As soon as they
1: work on my speeding tickets. Um, So, yeah, uh, Ian had set aside some of the Wolfpicker experimental IPA from the first uh, uh, tasting segment earlier in the show. And I was saying I was curious what it would be like a little warmer because it was nice and cold when we. It's creamier. Really interesting. It's actually a little creamy when it's warmer. It's is it a, a more full light. flavored, or most is it, of the
2: uh, most of the carbonation, like there's still hair left. But most of down. it's fled, but this is still really good. Just like this, mm. love. I, I think I think it's one of my absolute and it's favorites. hard to make an IPA that's great when it's room temperature because right, it because gets normally bitter. you
1: want it cold and extremely fresh. Right. Right. Absolutely. I get you. This actually tastes just fine at room temperature. If you're watching your waistline with beers. Uh, Rule number two is to pick a craft beer maybe by a style that lends itself to fewer calories. Again, this is if you're trying to be conscientious about your intake, right? Uh, Lager, Kolsch, Pilsner, and Goza are all good styles to choose from that often will have a lower calorie count Mm -hmm. than other uh, beer styles. Many will be clean with a refreshing taste, and that's certainly better than a lack of taste uh, for sure. Goza... One of the more unusual of the categories because mm-hmm. of being uh, brewed with salt, but you can also choose a half-pour on that as well. Uh, rule number three, and I know this is a tough one for you, Ian, I'll just, but I'll, mm. I'll put it out there, is to choose a beer with a lower ABV. Mmm. <laughs> yeah, see, I knew you would struggle with this. Uh, more that, alcohol means more sugar, and uh, that equals more calories. That just triggers my fight more. or flight. I understand. Right there. I understand. You know? Rule number four, drink in moderation, whether you're counting calories or not. Moderation is the key to happiness on many levels. So there's, there's the hard stuff. Now let's get to the good stuff. I'm going to bring you a, a list of some beers that if you are trying to be more conscientious, you say, okay, I'm going uh, to still have some craft beer, but maybe I'm going to try to make smarter waistline choices. Here are some suggestions. Bell's Brewery's Lager of the Lakes. It's no, I haven't a f- tried that. 5% ABV. It's a Czech style pilsner. It's light and refreshing with a light hop bitterness. It comes in at 153 calories. Mm-hmm. Which, again, not tiny, but not overwhelming either. You know? And there's definitely some taste there. Oscar Brew's Brew, Oscar Blues Brewery's Burrito. I've seen that. I haven't tried it. At 4.5% ABV, it is a Mexican lager brewed with premium malts and noble hops. It's simple and clean uh, with a unique mouthfeel, 135 calories for a 12 ounce. Let me go ahead and be
2: sure. honest. Mexican lager is a style that I just generally don't buy because I don't really like Mexican lagers in general. You know, I, But I've had a couple that are fine. Like yeah, We had that, what was the yes. one
1: from...
2: Right next to B&B. The, uh, oh, from, uh, from Platypus. Platypus. Yes. Oh, yes. Their Mexican lager the o- was
1: delicious. What was it called? It was called the, I'll think of it in a minute. All right. And I also enjoy uh, Santo from uh, St. Arnold. I think that's a good beer. Yeah, Santo's pretty good. It's not my favorite Saint Arnold, but I like it if I'm in the mood. But Santo's
2: unusual I mean. because that's a very malty beer. Very, very malty. Maybe that's why I like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Founders Brewing All Day IPA. Yeah, I think uh, we can agree on that. Four point seven percent ABV. Uh, it's unique because it's got all the flavor you'd expect for an IPA without all the calories. At 147 calories uh, per 12 ounce sur- serving. Dogfish Heads Sea Quench Ale. I'm surprised anything Dogfish Head would I make know. it on that. I list. know, right? Uh, it's a 4.9 ABV. It's a Goza style ale with lime, a bit of saltiness. 140 calories per 12 ounce serving. Now I'm going to add back in, and I don't know. Whoop! I don't know how many calories the um, the Buckle Bunny has from Eureka Heights, uh, but I'm willing to bet it's not a lot because it's a fairly uh, uh, it's a fairly light and easy to drink beer. That I just spilled some of on the counter uh, And it's uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say Maybe do a little research Go to Eureka Heights website See if it'll tell you How many calories are in that beer But I'm going to suggest that As a lighter alternative uh, as well Just based on the style mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a big one And um, we tried this on last week's show Last I week's show, yeah Can't say enough about it The uh, Daytime IPA from Lagunitas
2: that was so good.
1: It really was. Were you going to say something else? No, I was trying to remember.
2: Was it called Daytime? That daytime, was the one with the yep. Bent Nail. I, I, I thought bent it was nail. a nail yep.
1: thing. Yep, Daytime IPA. Daytime IPA. So there are some suggestions, and Ian, I appreciate Ian's jumping out to grab me uh, uh, some paper towel because I spilled a little bit of the Buckle Bunny. Uh, it happens. You know, it's a it's a show about craft beer. There's going to be spills, and you are the man. Thank you very much. To the rescue. Uh, yes, I appreciate that. So, uh, anyway, your uh, uh, your list it would be great, actually, if people would maybe chime in on the Facebook page with other beers, uh, perhaps, that they have tried that are, um, you know, that are low-calorie uh, or low-carb. Uh, I will say that of the mainstream beers, I always much preferred, and this was borne out in our blind taste test as well, always much preferred the Miller Lite to the Bud Light. Because I thought it had more flavor, yeah. it had fewer calories and fewer carbohydrates, but uh, but it didn't hold a candle to the daytime IPA no, from that or really any of those beers that we talked about. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I always appreciated something St. Arnold. Uh, I read on, I think it was a can or maybe it's website of St. Arnold at one point uh, where it said, oh, I think it was on their website. It said uh, it was like an FAQ section. And the question was, how many calories are in your beer? And uh, the the response was, you know, we try not to worry too much about that and just drink in moderation and and don't uh, don't overdo it. There's Which that. again, I think is is a really good uh, really good advice. Go ahead and enjoy some of the higher calorie beers, like we're probably about to do right here with the Hop and Frog. Well, uh, I don't suppose that has more than a couple calories. <laughs> well, it? I'm guessing. First of all, I can tell you that it is nine point four percent. So, yeah, I'm guessing it's got... Uh, so that's going to have more calories than, say, a, a Bud Light. I'm guessing it's going to have more calories than a Bud Light. I am going to have to grab a couple more cups, which I can do very quickly. And then
2: we Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. This one looks uh, like right we, up my alley. As what far if
1: as. you do the honors, sir, and provide our beer opening sound effect?
2: I love the, uh, I love the frog on the front with the stain yeah. of beer. It's yep. pretty... Awesome.
1: I, I I love because it's such a uh, big and and uh, like mean looking beer with a funny cartoon frog on it. Oh, very nice, very nice. All right, so <laughs> I, I, here's we some, do the sound effects in person. Here's so. some cups and uh, let's let's make this happen. Um, I'm very excited about this beer. It's from Akron, Ohio, and I've never tasted it. Uh, but it does have, uh, I believe, most of the ingredients listed on the label. It's pouring out Which of here like, like
2: used motor oil.
1: What, used? You had to say used. Motor yeah, oh oil. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. this is not what, like I'm
2: just putting like motor, oil. motor oil. This looks like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this definitely looks like used motor oil. Oh man. Well, let's take a look at what it says. Uh, look at on, how, on the bottle about this. Look at how dark that is.
2: Yeah, that's pretty serious. With and a super like milk chocolatey looking head wow. on it. Wow. Uh,
1: so this. Uh, On the nose, this bounces back and forth between a sort of a bourbon uh, barrel-aged aroma and a chocolate milkshake aroma.
2: Super deep, rich flavors from long-aging and selected Woodford Reserve bourbon barrels beautifully complement the character of Boris, our original imperial stout. This intense flavors and aromas of oak, toasted vanilla, butter, and fine tobacco from barrel-aging five times longer, just like the Boris... Uh, 200 lend an immensely Satisfying depth to this Deep roasted and full bodied Stout
1: I'll tell you folks it's been great having you on the show Have a great week and we'll talk to you later Because I want a cigar so bad right now <laughs> This may be like when you Taste this tell me You don't just want to immediately Light up a Really you wonderful cigar You know that cigar, cigar that I reviewed
2: earlier yes. Would be amazing oh, with this I'm I bet I'm so with you on this so with you on Amazing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is outstanding. It
1: really does the same thing on um uh, on that the word tongue a lot today. What's that? Outstanding. outstanding.
2: Yeah, this like all the beers today are so good.
1: It really does the same thing on the tongue that at, uh at I the was risk mentioning.
2: of at the risk of liking everything. Mm-hmm. Um which apparently is a problem by the well, way. Well no no, everything. I you know, well it's not for me because my uh my idea is here just to tell you what we're experiencing we're not reviewing it yeah, as a yeah. like or don't like yeah, you know if you if you like what reviewers. we're experiencing then go try it yourself mm-hmm. i do like the idea that uh, delmar put up there earlier saying hey maybe we could have a list that you could try along with us now this might be
1: a tough one to find there might be you know we 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 do try to review beers that are findable For the average uh, beer consumer, but every now and then we sneak one in, and I don't know how easy it is to get Hop and Frog. This has so
2: much like dark fruit, like big chocolate, dark chocolatey.
1: There's so much going on. It reminds um, me of a really complex espresso. More, yeah, it reminds me of a really complex cigar where you just keep getting another flavor and another flavor and another flavor and that's what get. there's a dark cherry date. flavor in there there's date. yeah there's
2: dark cherry mm-hmm. bitterness kind mm-hmm. of a little snap towards the end of a date oak
1: oak for days cacao nibs yes 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 i just like saying cacao nibs cuz <laughs> that sounds slightly toasted. i think that's
2: another good word for uh you know bitter chocolate mm-hmm. i think that's pretty mm-hmm. much where we're going with that I think yeah so. this is this is outstanding I like, <laughs> this is one that has almost no carbonation to it but well, it's you're fine right. but you're right it it isn't very bubbly
1: But, boy, is it delicious.
2: Imagine a rich, dark chocolate cookie with giant, like, super bitter chocolate chunks in it. That's kind of where this is. Except it's a beer. Except
1: it's a beer. (laughs) Uh, It it definitely has a a certain booziness to it as well. You know, it's got – you can tell that you're enjoying something that's a higher ABV here, don't you think? Oh, see –
2: now one of our guys is saying, "Yeah, it's definitely got a boozy feel." One of our guys is saying, "Even post a list of what was on the show so we can try them in the following week." Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so
1: so we'll uh, we'll get busy and do that. And I got to tell you, this is these are great ideas. I'll try here. this. Yeah. Try this yes, uh, if yeah. you are if you are able to get your hands on some Hoppin' This frog. is
2: from Akron, Ohio, you said? Akron, Ohio. If which, you are in that area, I'm talking to my uh, brother-in-law. If you're in that area, <clears throat> Dave, mm-hmm. if you're in that area, you need to pick up a case of this and send it to me. I mean, try it.
1: Yes, I mean, try it. <laughs> you know so, what's interesting to me, Ian, is that so much of what's happening with uh, craft distilling and craft brewing right now is happening... So many of the really, really great uh, beers that are coming out are coming out from breweries or distilleries that are in towns that I would never think to even go to. You know, Um, Lone Pint is in Magnolia, Texas. Which is beautiful country, but yeah, I mean it's beautiful. But there's not a lot going on nope. there. It's not a, it's not a mecca of urban activity. I don't know
2: what the actual uh, population count is there, but it's very small and it's a tiny place. Mm-hmm. You, know? you ever been to Akron, Ohio? I've been through Akron,
1: Ohio. Yeah, uh, there's not, not much there. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, if you go through it, there's really no need to stop, unless you're going to visit the brewery and Hop and right. Frog, right? And there, but there's so many beers that seem to come from places like that. You know what I'm saying? Where the beer is just outstanding, and you're thinking, "Wow, why isn't this from you know New York City or San Francisco or Portland, Oregon?" And not to say they don't have great breweries yeah. there, but some of the things that we're tasting and loving are coming from the most out-of-the-way well, sort of places. you just never you know? know. I
2: mean, one of the best stouts I even know of comes from Conroe, Texas. Conroe, Texas. You're talking
1: about Buried Hatchet <laughs> from Southern yeah, buried Star.
2: Buried like, yes. That's an outstanding stout. Yes. Well, um, Amazing.
1: And, and that does remind me, by the way, we need to get those boys on the show. Yeah, we do. The boys from uh, Southern Star. As long they as make- they
2: will bring... Buried hatchet, or or the, any buried hatchet derivative. I was going to say one of the variants of buried <laughs> hatchet is like you
1: know how sometimes in comic books they release it with a different cover, right? That's kind of like how buried hatchet is—they release it with different. Well, covers.
2: remember when uh, Alan Denny was on a show and uh-huh. uh, he brought that big can that had all the different um, different variations of the buried hatchet? It was pretty
1: interesting. So, guess what I have for you later today at a meeting that you and I are both going to after the show? Is it a pony? No, but it's almost as good. What do you have? I have some of that uh, red velvet cake. From oh, that Star. stuff
2: was ridiculously <laughs> good. So, they had, so four, this is, they had four flavors, and I think it was red velvet cake, mm-hmm. Irish cream. Irish, Irish cream. One was um, uh,
1: s'mores. S'mores. Yeah, s'mores was really good.
2: Yeah, and what was the last one? Red velvet cake, like, uh, velvet cake, Irish cream, s'mores,
1: and uh, oh, it was the orange Oh, chocolate orange. Yeah. So, and yes.
2: the red velvet cake and the chocolate orange were the ridiculous. Yeah, ones. they were ridiculously good. Because yeah. that chocolate orange tasted like those those chocolate covered orange slices
1: that you mm-hmm. buy. <laughs> <Those> yep, <laughs> that your grandma used yeah. to have. Yes. And then the uh, red velvet cake tasted like oh, I don't know. Red, red velvet, velvet cake. cake. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Uh, it was really good. So you know, this reminds me as we wrap up our final segment here. Actually, reminds me of why we started the show in the first place it was conversations like that uh where we're just talking about the beers that we've tasted and that we love and how much fun it would be to do a show where we taste you know different things and um and uh, we've had three beers today and we've had several shows like this recently they were all so good i just can't recommend any of them highly enough i mean they're really exceptional beers and so those are fun shows for us. Now, we might have to try to throw in, you know, something we think might not be as good every once in a while just to pacify the, the crowds who seem to be chanting for us to dislike something. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure why that is, but, uh, uh, but look, it's uh, uh, part of what we're trying to do is to just share, you know, the experience of this because uh, we just read you a 50 beer list that came out from Vine Pair and of all the beers we try every year. Both in our own private lives and doing the show, we'd only tried like three, four of the yeah, beers on yeah. that fifty. Very list. few. It's crazy so, how many beers are out there. So if I try something like if, if there's somebody listening to the show who likes IPAs, and you know I like IPAs, and I'm going on and on about this one, maybe you know maybe it makes it a, a something that makes your list where you're like I got to go try that, or if they're hearing you describe the Hop and Frog, and Telling your brother to go get a case of it if he's in Akron, <laughs> um, you know that 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 maybe is where we can be of some help. Plus, it's just fun to talk about this stuff. So, yep, if you guys listen, we appreciate it, and we do want to thank you for listening. We've made it through 125 of these shows now, and uh, really feel like we're just getting started. We are going to be. Talking single malt scotch with Glenn Glenmorangie. Oh, I'm pretty next excited week. about that. Also, yep.
2: remember uh, whether we say something hilarious, <laughs> informative, or utterly stupid. Please share the show if yes, you like that's what right. we're doing. The
1: stupid stuff <laughs> is the most fun to share. Actually. So <laughs> well, that's, that's I, I my job. Say, I would say go with that. No, no, <laughs> you you have no corner on that market, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, but we do appreciate you sharing the show. That's an important part of what we do. And uh, and thank you very much. Uh, thanks to uh, John Whiteside, our uh, tech manager uh, here, who helps us keep everything in line. And thanks. To Adam on the wheels of steel for keeping the show uh, Produced so wonderfully We are um, out of time For sampling the yellow uh, Rose uh, whiskey so we'll have to Try to get to that another time Yeah uh, And we were also well. ran out of time for the Mumford & Sons IPA So we'll have to get to that later One right? of these days we're going to get to them Thank you all for watching and enjoying the show uh, Watch for us on Sunday Afternoon around 2 o'clock uh, Central time uh if you're interested in the some uh, some scotch edition. yes uh and then uh, we'll we'll have all of that included in our next episode as well which will be back with you next Thursday I'm Cruz for Smoking and Tustin Ian Barry my co-host Adam the producer thank you for being a part of the show and we'll see you next week have a great uh, weekend uh I need some more so we can oh. cheers sorry about just, that uh, Just we're going to are we going to call tell- the, Are we going to call
2: the uh, uh Sunday show
1: Getting Crunk with Glenn Morangi Getting Crunk yeah I don't know. I would like to hear their uh, master distiller say getting crunk, <laughs> If he'll say it, that's what we'll call it. <laughs> Have a uh, great week, my friends. We, cheers. Uh, we appreciate you listening and watching, and uh, cheers. <laughs> Look at the motor oil <laughs> rings it leaves around. <laughs> I, I love place. it. <laughs> <laughs> getting, clunk, getting crunk with uh, Glen Orange. woo